0: Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, nerd fam. It's K-Rock from NerdPod and the Podesty Network here and I want to tell you about Rococo's comics. Are you an old school nerd, just like Coach and I? If so, Rococo's is where it's at. Brand new and generally used comics for less than cover, anything from graphic novels to major label releases, Rococo's is a one-of-a-kind experience. Are you looking for an old favorite or how about an obscure and hard-to-find book? Well, what about, I don't know, a Luke Skywalker Kenner action figure? Rococos has got you covered there, too. So quit wasting your time on those big box sites and get it done right the first time. Check them out today at Rococos.com. That's R-A-H-C-O-C-O-S dot com. Working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K Rock's Nerd Pod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K Rock, take it away. Okay, episode five. What's up? Oh, hey, man. We're here. It's episode five. I love it. I know. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Um, what's going on, man? What's new?
1: So, just back from a uh, little, uh, little vacation. And, more than little. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a vacation, and uh, I was chomping at the bit to get back here, and uh, there was a lot of of podcasting and a lot of, a lot of, not podcasting, but there was a lot of discussion around Podacy and a lot of thoughts around. So I was really excited to get back. Uh, as much fun as we had, it was great. It's, uh, I'm really excited to get back to, to doing the show and cranking and moving things forward. That's great, man. So you went on the cruise. What was uh, your favorite part? Yeah, man. So it was cool, man. Like, so we left, we did have, uh, a little rough weather. The crews went from, left from New York city. So, uh, you know, went home a little bit. We were, were, in Jersey, um, and, you know, got to visit the fam for a couple minutes and then uh boat left on Sunday, last Sunday. And, um, and went from New York City to that it stops in um, in Port Canaveral or Cape Canaveral uh, which was kind of crappy weather and then it went down to I guess what is Norwegian's uh, private island called Great Stirrup Cay which I will tell you crazy stories uh, the, the boat right so you're on this big mega ship 4,700 people on the ship and it drops you in the middle of the ocean and then you get out you get 4,700 people off that boat with these little tiny boats that carry like 100 people in really rough seas. Now in the other ports, it, it, they actually make port and you're stepping off onto hard land where this you're really stepping over, you're in the middle of the ocean and jumping onto this boat. Now there's a little walkway, but uh, the rough seas, it was crazy. But uh, all in all, yeah, so two days in the Bahamas and then all the way back with unlimited drinks and uh, and all of that. So, uh, it, it was the time of it was great but uh, uh, it was, yeah, man. It, it got a little crazy. Certainly, um, got to spend some time. Uh, most importantly, with my family, which was much, much, much needed, and uh, uh, and even got some creative muse on uh, I, in which I was excited. Um, spending some time with my with my seventeen year old, it was great uh, because uh, I got some insight into his brain, and, and some ideas popped up about what uh, you know, what kind of story. Line I could come up with, with uh, sort of a 17-year-old underachiever, uh, not, you know, I love him, but he's a bit of an underachiever right now, and uh, yeah, just sort of uh, uh, developing some storyline around, uh, I won't get too deep into it, but you know some, some background, and, and really, I, did. Uh, I got to, to spend some time developing characters and developing things, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun
0: that's great yeah i know we were texting back and forth so um very exciting to, to 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 lead this on it's the original scripting um some original content that um coach is working on um and uh yeah we'll be announcing it more on a future episode but the idea is there and it's going to be a lot of it's going to be interesting to, to ride that one out
1: it is and uh again you can imagine um I had time and, and that's the thing about vacation, right? Is that, uh, a lot of times you get thoughts throughout your day and maybe you write it down and maybe you don't, but when you're on vacation, you're able to really, uh, sort of see it through. Right. And the, and the ideas don't go away so fast. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting that, that this will inevitably and undoubtedly be our, um, our first of, uh, of radio serial dramas and sort of in that comic book genre. Um, we're hoping to, uh, yeah, I won't get into too much detail, but yes, uh, it's going to be exciting. And I think that we found our first character and our first storyline. So that's awesome. Uh, exciting stuff. And also,
0: uh, um, exciting news on the, uh, for the show part, for NerdPod, we are now distributed on major podcast delivery methods, such as iTunes and Google. So now people can find us in more places. That's fun. And we have a, another bit of breaking news about uh, Um
1: yeah. If you want to take it from there. Yeah. So that was actually... So, yeah, that was actually really great. Um, My wife was not thrilled that I had uh, access to the Internet the entire time. But, um, (laughs) hey, listen, we're trying to build something special here. And uh, Podacy is a big piece of that. And... um, so so we were able to negotiate and work out a deal where uh, and some of you that are listening to this may be familiar with the nor'easter podcast um which featured myself keith Pyfer, and ben pritchard uh that show represents um people from different uh, hosts from different parts of the country uh and in a sports show which is really cool uh it was based it, one person was from boston one person was from the greater new york area one person was from philly uh three great sports towns and it really brought it all together and and got different perspectives so uh you can understand the popularity of that show based on that um so that show, the Nor'easter Podcast, will make its way over to the Podyssey Network, and we will host that show here. Uh, it, its home will be Podyssey, uh, which is great. And uh, I will not host, but Keith uh, Pyfer will now not only take over responsibilities as a sporting di- sports director um, and third wheel or third piece of the uh, of the pie. Uh, for Podesti altogether, uh, he will also host that show and bring all new uh, content around sports. So, uh, so excited uh, to bring it together. It wasn't necessarily easy, but really exciting. We got it done, and uh, he'll be joining us.
0: So that's great. Welcome to the family, Keith and Noriester. It's going to be great to add another program and uh, keep growing.
1: Uh, it so, is exciting. Um, so, and and the last piece of of the cruise and I think that this helped with my my character arc is um I did spend some time reading not as much as I'd like to I brought like five novels or six novels novels with me uh only got to rip through one but uh it's called Kill or Be Killed and um it's an image brand which is uh, you know my favorite uh I'm a Marvel image guy not a DC dark horse guy um and now with uh, image being run by Kirkman and, uh, some of the other brainiacs that started that company. Um, they put out really good content. So, uh, it do really, really good. And I highly recommend going out and grabbing it. Um, That's, um, Ed Brubaker, right? It is. Yeah. My man. So I, Uh, He is one of my favorite Marvel uh, guys ever. Uh, He did The Trial of Captain America. Uh, Art is great, and uh, it's definitely had a lot of that flair to it. You could feel it. And uh, just to give a quick quick synopsis, and and I know this isn't uh, a spoiler because it's on the back of the book, I think. Uh, The the synopsis or the the base of the book is a kid by the name of Dylan. He's young, uh, college age, maybe 23, 24. uh, Through a series of events, decided, that he wants to kill himself and uh, is having a rough go at it. Goes up to the roof of his apartment and right at the last minute, he, uh, as he's leaping, changes his mind and... um and, and, hits a bunch of laundry lines on the way down, but, uh, you know, maybe got a little bit hurt, but not, not dead off a six story building. So, uh, he survives the jump and then, uh, a demon or, uh, some kind of demonic something, uh, uh, comes out and, uh, says, Hey, I saved your life because you asked for it in the 11th hour. So, um, now you have a debt to pay. And the debt to pay is you must kill uh, one person a month to stay alive and uh, initially he doesn't believe it and doesn't kill anybody and he gets deathly ill Uh, on the 29th day it seems like he's going to die the demon comes and says you've got one day I'm not messing with you one day to kill somebody or I'm going to I'm going to take your life and uh, that's where the story goes from there so I I won't go too deep or spoil anything from there but uh, great concept sort of a vigilante and that's the caveat he has to kill somebody that's bad uh, much like Dexter or whatever so uh, uh, great book. It's been around for a while, but, uh, I will definitely be running to, uh, uh, to, to, to grab the, the second book in the series.
0: Yeah. Get, look forward to seeing that one on TV. I bet too. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah.
1: What a great idea.
0: a right? cool story.
1: Yeah. The creativity coming out of that studio, out of, out of image. It, it really is incredible, isn't it? I mean, it, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I and, and again, Paper Girls and Saga and all of the, you know, I am pretty image exclusive when it comes, or Marvel, uh, when it comes to graphic novels. Um, and uh, they just crank them out. So um, yeah, man, really exciting. So that was the, uh, you know, that was the muse, man. It was great. It was, it was all in all a great trip and uh, excited to get back to work with you right here. Awesome.
0: So uh, what I did was I... As you guys know from the last episode, I we lost uh, our grandmother. Um, so I was at the funeral of that. I unfortunately got, I did not get to make it over to PAX East, which I was going to be going to. But life got in the way and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I did have a good, good friend of mine, though. He was there all four days. giving gave me great feedback on some of the new games, a lot of virtual reality um, games coming out. Uh, but what was cool, my, my buddy Reed, he went and I played a tabletop game called Drop Mix. It's, it's just a cool game. Um, it's made by Harmonix out of Massachusetts. They partnered with Hasbro. And uh, so it's a tabletop game and you get it's card based. So you get little cards with uh, little microchips in them and you put the card on the... Uh, on the bass, and it plays um, a mix of whatever song. It could be like a Kanye song, a Bruno Mars song, or whatever. And you get points by this, and it all syncs up to like an iPad or, or any type of tablet or, or iPhone or whatever. And so these cards are cool. They, they play all the music, and you earn points. You play it up with four players, two team, uh, you know, team, uh, two teams of two. And uh, so I told my friend Reed, and uh, who I think we're going to try to have on in future shows. You can bring a lot of the gaming side of things uh, with me. Um, he went to DropMix. They had a great, great um, booth there and they were giving away limited edition cards. So he got me both of them. One of them, I don't to be honest, I don't know what it is. It's Darren Knob, Flutterfly from the Pyre soundtrack. But the second one, which I was really geeked out about, was the GI Joe soundtrack. So the uh, or the theme song. So you get these two cards. You can put them in and play them with your decks. And um, yeah, very cool game. Drop mix. If you haven't played it or seen it, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, very cool technology. Great idea for a game. And like just
1: like we were just talking about with image. Like, yeah pushing the envelope for for entertainment it, it's cool yeah man that's what it's all about and that sounds great and uh i actually am also looking forward to pax next year so um it's gonna be it, it should be cool i was i was like shocked when uh i saw that jason muse was there and i was like bro are you there and you were like no not there yet so um, yeah
0: i think he was there uh promoting him and kevin smith are doing a virtual reality game for Jay and Silent Bob. That's right. Yeah,
1: I heard that. Um, Maybe that's what what he was plugging. Yeah, so um, they're great and they're out um, sort of hat in hand going around the world I think looking for uh, funding for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot which I I think they're getting close on Um, but I think uh, they're taking meetings all over the place for that uh, which would be really exciting. So um, I'm sure. So it sounded like a great time. We'll definitely keep our eyes on it and uh, we have Comic-Con Con, C-O-N-N, uh, that's Connecticut uh, Comic-Con. We will be there. I, You will not be there because you'll be out of town, but um, we will be there. And I think that's our first con where um, we'll be there in a vendor capacity, I think. So that's yeah, exciting that's as well. Cool. Very exciting. So uh, cool.
0: All right, now uh, let's do the weekend Geek.
1: Awesome. So yeah, man, I thought that it was gonna be a, a challenge for me to put a Weekend Geek together, being that I was gone for a week, but um, was able to uh, to put together some, uh, some thoughts with the Wi-Fi. Now, satellite Wi-Fi is not all that great, so I didn't get uh, a, a ton of information, but I was able to keep my ear to the ground a little bit. And um, most importantly, uh, did you see the box office numbers uh, for this past week? I did I did see some of them. Yeah. I Yeah, you're gonna go through them, so I am. So I, and this is not something that we generally do, but um, I think maybe we we could start doing it, especially over the summer, uh, is to start to take a look at exactly um, you know what's happening week in and week out. I am disappointed in America right now uh, in the biggest way possible because, uh, as you predicted, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Rampage a ridiculous movie that it just doesn't make any sense that it even exists to me, uh, grossed 40, I'm sorry, 34 and a half million dollars. Uh, wow. first week. Really? Yep. <laughs> $34 million in the first week. However, here's what I'll say is that, uh, 4,100 theaters, 4,101 for theaters. And that's the draw. And that's why probably The Rock could become president, right? Is because anytime a horrifying movie that should not be getting made gets made with The Rock in it, it opens in 4,000 theaters across the country. So- um, That's
0: insane. <laughs> it is.
1: It, it really is. So um, now um, they had a uh, domestic, uh, obviously that's domestic gross in opening week of thirty-four-five. low budget here. I mean, in comparison, right? So, um, the budget was $120 million. So, um, internationally, they will blow it out of the water and Rampage 2 will undoubtedly get made. When I see a 34 number next to a budget of 120, without, and that's domestic number, we will absolutely see a sequel to this movie. Um, I have not seen it. I will not see it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be around for a while, so hats off, congrats to The Rock. Um, he does now it again? Yep, he did it again. And and but more exciting, um, is, is something that we talked about last show. A Quiet Place in its second week, uh, almost came close, right? It was a close, close second. Uh, Quiet Place brings in 32 six. Um, now, their opening weekend was over 50, right? And uh, so that brings their total gross to 99, 99 million, almost 100 million. Do you know what the budget for that movie was? No, what Incredibly was it? Incredibly, $17 million. That's it? Is what wow. I'm seeing is as, the, as, the, as what their budget was. So that's John Krasinski, like, wow, right? And and there's not, I don't know, I haven't seen the movie yet, but um, yeah, $17 million. So, uh, good on them, uh, right? I- I- incredible, and I think that when you know uh, J- Krasinski directed it, I think he was also executive producer on the project. I think they took uh, equity and points as opposed to um, obviously, if they took what they they both he and his wife both draw probably between ten and fifteen million per film to begin with. So that would have blown them out. But uh, what an incredible job. This is on the tails of Get Out. Um, it, it's just, I, I love this direction. I love fresh new content. Uh, and so just congratulations to, to them. Uh, Quiet Place, another 32 million, 3,500. And, and here's what I love too, is that it opened in 3,500, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it opened in 35 flat in week one and actually added 81 theaters in the second week. That is a fantastic um, way to judge a movie's success. If there, if more theaters are taking it on after its opening weekend, you know uh, that that it's a good movie. So I'm really excited. I'm going to check that out this weekend. Uh, Rounding out the top five, uh, Truth or Dare, uh, with 19 million. um, I think that's like I don't know, throwaway movie. Um, You know, it's like one of those Ouija movies or the you know whatever. Um, and, uh, ready player one, uh, down 50% from the week before. Wow. Uh, that's a surprise. It is, uh, 11.2 yeah. million this weekend with a total domestic gross of 115 million. Uh, this is a, their third week. Um, so there, there you go. A quiet place only. 15 million behind Ready Player One. Um, I mean, the budget isn't even listed here for Ready Player One because it's, it's absurd. And I think we both heard a number, it's around 600 million that it needs to break even based on the marketing and that's worldwide. So, um, Good luck, I, right? I mean, hopefully it keeps going. But uh, Spielberg is not going to suffer by any means. Um, you know, he can have a flop or ten and still be uh, and still be the man. But uh, yeah, so. Um, and then blockers, uh, cock blockers, or blockers, whatever. John Cena did another ten point two million, bringing their uh, total gross to thirty six uh, domestic on a twenty one million dollar budget. So,
0: and that looks like a. Um, it, it, the reviews are coming out pretty positive for that movie. It's one of those comedies that. I think uh, people are responding to. it.
1: Yeah, I think it, it has that um, uh, um, bridesmaids feel to it, yeah. right? Where or um, uh, neighbors, neighbors, yeah, one of those yeah. just a cult movie, like a, a cult hit. Uh, it looks pretty funny from what I saw. Um, like a super bad, right? Yeah, right. super bad. So yeah, one of those uh, Judd Apatow cult. Um, cult following movies that uh, will probably be around for a long time. So uh, and Black Panther still kicking. They were at number six, brought another six million, bringing their uh, uh, total domestic to 673, uh, breaking all sorts of uh, breaking all sorts of records. So um, just just crushing it. Yeah, there's so there's your box office. We're going to follow it uh, pretty closely because, again, we have some major releases coming out uh, over the next month and a half, two months. So exciting time. Solo trailer. Solo trailer hit, with, you know, I think once since you've been away. It, it has. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's exciting. And, and I think, um, you know, listen, reshoots have never killed uh, a movie, I don't think, or or, or they haven't yet. Um because Batman vs Superman still did well, even though the reshoots uh, were in there. Um, so the reshoots, I, th- I think we both thought that Solo was doomed. Um, but it looks like, Ron- I mean, from what we're seeing, we don't know. Um, they're bound for a flop here one of these times. Uh, but uh, it doesn't look bad. What, what do you think? Right. I, my,
0: my expectations were low. Whenever somebody tries to make a movie that the original star, like a Harrison Ford, was the original star. We saw him young. In the original Star Wars, they're coming back out with a new story about him with a different actor. I always get a little nervous about that. So the trailers are giving me hope, which is a very Star Warsy thing to say. <laughs> that, that is a Star Warsy <laughs> thing to say, but still, I get uh, it. it. It looks it looks like it's going to be an enjoyable movie. Um, in terms of you know, it's got characters we love. It'll have a lot of. Uh, you know call outs to the you know Lando and and Chewbacca and, and, and the like, so it, it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. I, I, I'm still nervous about it, although the, the what I've seen, like the comedy in it, it, it has that that Harrison Ford kind of tongue in cheek when he makes a joke kind of thing. It's funny, and we'll see. I mean, I don't know. It, it looks like the, the guy's doing a, a, a Ford. Almost
1: impression? Yes, I saw that. I did. Um, you know,
0: which isn't bad. I mean, it is, that's an iconic character tied to that iconic actor. So you can't really go and do go too far off the reservation.
1: No, so. that's true. Um, and it, listen, it's a tall order. I think it was going to be a tall order for anybody. And uh, I, I, I remember when they were talking about casting. I mean, they had everybody's name in there from Zac Efron to Zachary Quinto to uh, Dave and James Franco. I, I, the names that they were throwing around in the list of people. Uh, I don't I don't hate where they ended up, but. Um, We'll see. I mean, the jury is absolutely out on this, but people, you know, the alarmists were saying that Rogue One was going to be this bad or it's going to be horrible, it's going to be this, going to be that. So um, I think, think, yeah, a lot remains to be seen. Um, But out of uh, Weekend Geek News, they did announce, uh, and this is for all you Extended Universe fans, that uh, Paul Bettany... Um, A a picture photo has been released that he is playing Drayden Voss, who is um, a a major character in the extended universe, Um, but they're calling it a a new Mandalorian character. Um, So, Paul Bettany uh, will join the cast. Uh, That is news. Uh, I don't believe he was listed before. Uh, Looks like he may be a villain. So, um, exciting. This
0: is for the upcoming solo movie. It is. It is. Oh, man. Excellent. I
1: like that.
0: That's, you just got me excited for it. I
1: know. Right. So I'm a huge Bettany guy. I, I thought um, early on in the Marvel movies that they were wasting him on Jarvis because I thought he was a great character. Uh, never thought that they were going to go as deep as to bring, uh, as to turn him into vision. Um, but he played Silas, you know, talk about, uh, Ron Howard movies and great characters. I think that, uh, he was in the Da Vinci code. He played the, uh, highly committed, crazy Silas, the, uh, the Opus Dei monk who tortured himself and others. Uh, What an incredible, he was so scary and and believable in that role. So I'm sure Ron Howard is a huge fan of his because of that. Uh, And and he should be, uh, that should be exciting to watch. And to move on, we're we're, uh, not a ton of of geek news this week, but um, Fox is, so with the, this is exciting because with the crossover of Spider-Man, And for those people who don't know, that are are listening to this, uh, you think Marvel is, when you think of Marvel, you think of Spider-Man, and Spider-Man being a major character. But in the 90s, when uh, finances were tough, Marvel sold off the rights to some of the major characters. And if you don't know this... uh, this is a major piece uh, to the success of a lot of different movie studios, and it's been highly contested and talked about for years. So if you don't understand what I'm about to say, I wanted to give a little bit of background, is that Spider-Man belongs to Sony, and Sony has many stipulations that they need to follow to keep uh, the Spider-Man brand in their uh, in their canon, so to speak. And so uh, for the first time ever, um, and... and Yeah, For the first time ever, Spider-Man was able to be filmed with other Marvel characters because of a deal uh, that Marvel struck up with Sony. Uh, It's a first deal of its kind, and it didn't get talked about all that very much other than in in our circles of nerddom. Uh, It it wasn't out there for the world to see, but uh, it it was talked about that for the first time ever, two movie studios would come together. What it felt like to me was that Sony had had some real bad failures. They had that, the, the, the hack and they had the North Korean crisis. They had a lot of bad things happen to them. And, um, I think they needed, they wanted some of that Marvel money, some of that Marvel Studios money. Um, so they, they smartly gave up uh, some access to Spider-Man, uh, some merchandising availability, and we were, they were able to make Spider-Man Homecoming, get him into Civil War, and he will also show up in Infinity War. So for the first time ever, Fox is in discussions with Marvel to bring Deadpool over. Okay. Now we know that Disney and Marvel, uh, Disney and Fox, are uh, working out a deal where Disney would purchase that stuff. But for right now, um, they are Marvel is both talking to. So I guess the news here is to to break it down is that all three studios are now talking about collaborating on a potential Spider Man and um, Spider Man and Deadpool crossover. Which I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, the bigger news is that all three studios are willing to come to the table to get some of our best Marvel characters all together on one screen without the Disney-Fox mega merger being complete. So, that is breaking and it is fantastic news and hopefully uh, that will come to fruition. We really need it to. Right? I mean, that... Right, who who doesn't want a piece of the Marvel money? I mean, it's so much money, right? So um, yeah, it, it, that that made my whole day. Um, but how do you feel? I mean, I, I want to take a second because I'm like, wow, you know, th- there's a lot of crossovers that could exist. I mean, I, I but Deadpool, uh, much like Wonder Woman, was a movie that. Um, just stood alone on a, on its own and didn't. It, it came didn't out fo- of nowhere. Yeah, right? out of nowhere. Didn't yep. follow the rules of the traditional anything. Didn't fall into the X Men universe. Uh, didn't come and it, just, it was so original and so funny and took shots. It was almost a satire uh, to, to to a point. Um, I don't know that I see Tom Holland's character mixing with. I don't know. I don't see it, but. Uh, I mean, God, I, they would get my money. I mean, they could take my money now if they're going to create it. But uh, <laughs> me too. I
0: I think it, if you're asking me what I what my first impression is between Tom Holland and uh, Ryan Reynolds, I think it'd be I think they'd be great together on screen. Tom Holland is I mean, for him, just just watch his scenes with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and that give and take, and just take out Robert and put in Ryan. Yeah, and you'll have that same give and take. He he seems to go with the punches very smoothly, and really good on screen. So I think between the actors, it'll be great. It'll be funny. I think their their timing will be spot on. I mean, they both seem to be good at. I think he did some improv in in Civil War and yeah, Homecoming. Think, I
1: think that's right.
0: Yep. I, I think the banter will be great. I, I as far as the story is concerned, I have no idea what you would do with it, but. As far as putting those two on screen, I have trust in both those actors to pull it off.
1: Yeah, and maybe I just... Um, yeah, I, I, I would. I think I need some convincing, but maybe you're right. Um, I just... Uh, I just wonder how much the other decreases the other's brand. Right? I mean, they're, because they're so distinctive at this point, and um, I love that that Spider-Man fits into the Marvel canon so well, and that the storyline merges over. I just don't. Um, you know now what I love to see. I would love to see what they're gonna do with, um, with. Uh, I'm sorry, dude, I'm drawing a blank. I would. Uh, I want to see what they do with the with the Sinister Six, and I want to see what they do with those villains with Venom. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, could I see a Venom and uh, Deadpool crossover with Tom Hardy? That might be pretty cool. Either way, take yeah, take take my money. Yeah, I'll, just take it out. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just Marvel's take, earned it. Yeah, Marvel, they cer- I trust. They certainly have, and they, and it doesn't. There's there's no signs of uh, of stopping at this point. So, um, and cool. So the last piece that I have, um, I was really excited. I actually got to see this on the ship. Um, the character development for Cobra Kai, another right. Cobra, another Cobra Kai trailer released, and uh, we got a look into two characters. Uh, that we hadn't seen before looks like about a 16-year-old daughter to Daniel LaRusso, who goes to the same school as the Cobras that we've seen so far, Um, and also an estranged son of Johnny Lawrence. Uh, Both of these kids are going to play a major role in this show, Um, and the trailer brought on a lot of new uh, elements. And so if you haven't seen it yet, I would highly recommend going to watch it. I could not be more excited about this. Uh, there's a full length Daniel LaRusso Motors commercial in it. So it looks like a local car commercial, which is It's fantastic. really, really funny. You're going to see it. <laughs> and, uh, and the other piece is that uh, you get to see Johnny more and walking around and uh, you're, you're seeing a lot of dialogue. William Zapka, I've always been a fan. Uh, we met him at Comic-Con, uh, the, which is the Connecticut Comic-Con uh, last year and he was phenomenal. We like had a cigarette with him. He was amazing. And, uh, so it was really exciting to see this, but, um, they did, uh sort of take a deeper dive into this trailer and it looks like to me that he's living in the same apartment complex that Daniel was living in, um, in Reseda, uh, which is funny because, uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of callbacks, but it looks like this show has the chops to actually be a quality drama. And I mean, congratulations to, to YouTube Red, um, for, for being able to put this deal together for one, this show could put them on the map and just what we need another subscription for, for content, but, yeah, right. um, but it's exciting. And I think this would give them uh, a, a leg up and could launch uh, a thousand ships as uh so to speak. So uh, really exciting. Check that out. I cannot wait, cannot wait for it.
0: Me too. Looks good. I remember seeing that teaser a month or two ago and, I couldn't believe what I was watching. like So, great. Um, and on the TV part, I wanted to go into a few shows um, that I've been watching that are just uh, released. So, you and I talked about this for a while. And, and I, I got into this show first and then really pressured you to watch it. Uh, but on Amazon Prime, um, the series Bosch. B-O-S-C-H, for those who don't Such know. Such a
1: great show. Such a Bosch, great show.
0: Yeah. Um season 4 just released. I'm um, about 5 episodes in and it's just, it's just fantastic. It, they do a it's to put it in terms it's like an, an old school detective show um but for today's audience. Um the casting is fantastic. Uh, t- uh Titus Williver as Harry Bosch or Hieronymus Bosch is his full name. Hieronymus, yeah, exactly. Hieronymus like Anonymous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's uh, for the book. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. I think the, they actually uh, say it on the show as well. Um, do they? I, I don't you remember. know, what's funny. I, I think that he, um, he may have been in Deadwood or something. I, I just... I remember being shocked that he they were giving him his own show. I I just looked at him like he was like a B actor that was not believable. Um, I I don't know what my problem was with him, but man, after um, again somebody gave me the nod on this show and then and told me to watch it because he loved it, um, and then you told me that you had a personal connection to the show, so I had to then watch it. So um, it, it I have been pleasantly shocked and surprised, uh, by th- this show. And I could not be more excited to get started, like seriously excited. And I believe his daughter is played by Sophia from the walking dead, right? From the first, I believe that's right.
0: Right. Correct. Yeah. And she, uh, a lot of walking dead alum are in this show. Um, you had, um, the actor who played Herschel green. He showed up in season one. Um, Sophia, then there was, I can't remember their names, but when they went to the prison, they had the people that were still there. Um, remember that crew? And um, gosh, I can't think of his name. Rick ends it pretty good with a uh, machete to the face. That's right. For this yeah, guy, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think of his name. Um, anyway, he's there. Um, so there's a bunch of uh, Walking Dead alum in this show, and the Walking Dead has always been good about casting uh, great actors for the show. Um, and Bosch was very smart, and it looks like they're casting away from from them for anyone
1: who leaves Walking Dead. But uh, and yeah. also a. Uh Notably from the Wire as well, um, Lance mm-hmm. Reddick came from the Wire. Um, and Lance
0: Reddick, he is popping up in a lot of different places that I'm you know, like now that I've seen him in Bosch and I've heard his voice. So I play a lot of games, um, but two games pop out that he's in. Uh, Lance Reddick is the voice of Commander Zavala in Destiny Two, and also I just started, or um, not started. I've probably been playing for a little while now. Horizon New Dawn, and he plays Silence. In there, so Lance Reddick, he's all over the gaming, uh, uh, the, the video games. So,
1: hey, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and also that the. the um his partner, uh, is, was Marlo Stanfield in, uh, uh, in the last two seasons of The Wire as well. So, um, looks like they're carrying, and, and so great acting, another, uh, you know, that's a, an Amazon original. This original content, man, is, uh, again, and this is why, this is my problem with the, the next two shows that you're going to talk about, um, is you've got to come correct man if you're gonna create original content and you're gonna try to capture eyeballs you have to be this good because i still haven't finished jessica jones which season one was my favorite absolute favorite uh marvel show uh to date and um so there's so much good content out there the handmaiden's tale is coming and bosch is here and now karate kid is coming you have got to really be great to uh to capture that mm-hmm. and uh right right i mean and so for bosch
0: like they're taking source material from michael connelly's series uh bosch harry bosch books there's about uh, probably a dozen of them now, if not more, books about this character, and every book is its own story and its own solving a crime um, arc. That that the show has been very smart. They they adapted this character to today's world in in the books. He's a Vietnam vet, so he's you know he, he's dated. But if you look at the way that they transformed him today, instead of Vietnam, he's a I believe a Desert Storm vet and. Um, you know, everything's translated well. They take different crimes from the, the book, so every season has multiple ones weaved in. And you know they, they drew the inspiration from the source material correctly. So readers of the book can also watch the show and have surprises and get delighted because, oh, I know what's going to happen here, and then something comes out of left field, but it's okay, you know because it's its own take on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and that leads us into The Walking Dead. Turn away. We are going into a spoiler zone. I watched the season finale, um, and you and I are very have different opinions on the show. I'm 100% a fan, completely bought in. I love the comics. I, I stayed right with them, and I love the show. I tune in every Sunday night, and I'm there to watch the show. I don't watch it on DVR. I don't go back on demand. I watch it. Live. That's the only show I do it for, and I love The Walking Dead. And you feel differently.
1: I do. I do. And just because, yeah. I mean, I. I it didn't follow the source material. Um, you know, I'm a huge Kirkman fan. You know, I'm a big. Uh, you know, I followed the the storyline all the way. And um, you know, just just uh, it wasn't one bad decision that they made for me. It was a it was a string of them. And uh, it was the Negan. Uh, character, um, what they were doing and, and stretching things out that really um, iced it for me. So, uh, listen, I've got a lot of respect for Kirkman. I got a lot of respect. And without The Walking Dead, I don't get comic book men. So I hope that it keeps going. But, um, yeah, I, I think... Um, uh, for me, I just, maybe at some point, I may go back all at one time and do it um, and binge it because I'm familiar with the characters, but for staying on top in original content, I'm just not there.
0: Well, last night, they wrapped up the all-out war storyline with Negan, um, and I, I've i always been a huge, huge fan of the show's take on Negan. I, I've liked it. I like the heart that Jeffrey Dean Morgans played. Um the part with and and you you felt that flip at least for me that flip between rick grimes being the hero to i don't know negan has um the way he played it with such emotion you you say okay i see his point and he's not a bad guy he wants to save everybody he has his own way of doing it and tell you what the show made rick look like kind of a a jerk um towards the end of this season and I was okay with that. I think, I think I I hope to see more of Negan in the upcoming seasons. I, I really do. Um, um, that you know that I like the decisions they've made. They went away from the source material. I've read the I've read the comics. I don't need to see the comics on the show. I mean, they started the, the, diverging the path in season one. So I get it. Uh, I get it. I never and, was like, this has to stick to the, uh, the the book. I'm like, there's two stories being told here and they have similarities and that's where it ends. Um, I'm okay with all the decisions. They've made maybe a few um, of the pacing. Scott Gimple has been great and then he's been really bad with some of his choices. Um, and that you know, that's okay. I think it's a new show running, sh- excuse me, showrunner coming on board for next season. So we're going to get a, a fresh take on it. Um, and those who are familiar with the, the story, I have a feeling we're going to go forward um, a few years and see how the community has been developing. And I think for those of you who have watched the show and, you know, by now, you know, that we're in spoiler territory. I think that they Previewed the next bad group, the, or the next uh, yeah evil group that they're going to come across. And I think the whispers were in the show last night. Yeah, I there heard was, that. Um, I, I huge, saw it come across. Uh, yeah, that's big. Heard that they saw off in the distance. And if you any fans of the the comics will know that that usually means it's the whispers.
1: Yep. So that that's exciting. Um, again, the maybe. crossover. I wanted to go
0: into that. Yeah. So Morgan. Uh, is now crossing or crossed over officially into the Fear the Walking Dead. So I again, Walking Dead, I'm in 100% no matter if it's Fear The Walking Dead or the the original show. I watch them all because I, I love the content. I love horror movies, I love horror shows, zombies, all of that. So I'm in. There's not many shows on TV that are that fit that description, so I'm there. Fear the Walking Dead has so many I have had so many issues with the first two three seasons uh, I think the characters are terrible I think there's no, there's nothing that makes me want to watch them be winners or or survive even and the season that we're about to get into and the premiere was last night everything's out the window with Morgan going over there man you are gonna love it
1: yeah. Cool, I'm. I'm really excited about
0: that. They, actually, they have, and because now, you have your issues are are the decisions they've made against the source material for Walking Dead. Well, fear of the Walking Dead. There's no source material.
1: Yep, which I love.
0: Uh, so it's the, exciting. The the characters that they've had, the family that you know, Maddie and all them, it's Madison and and her kids. it's just they haven't been. They, they're stupid. Number one, they make the worst decisions, um, ever. But the characters have been just meh. They're okay. But they introduced John Dory, um, and who is like a six shooter Clint Eastwood style cowboy who eats, um, who always carries a pocket of Werther's, you know, the Werther's candies than the wrappers that yeah, like grandma yeah, would yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. Those, he always carries those in his pocket and gives them to people. And it's just an, such a comic book character, right? And it's fun to watch. Like, I love seeing him on screen. You're rooting for him. You're rooting for Morgan. It was a perfect crossover for that character to to head into.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really interesting. Um, And... So I do have some catching up. I think I watched the first six episodes, that first half season of *Fear the Walking Dead*. Um, so I do have some catching up, but I uh, again I have enough respect for Kirkman, um, who is obviously producing, executive producing that show, um, and and uh, uh, they've done a good enough job. Effects are good. Um, I, I, I'm I'm willing to give that one another run for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. You know who's joining this? The series is uh, Jenna Elfman. Oh, cool. Did they, did <laughs> right. they, she, was she on last night? No, no, I didn't see her on last night, but I, I know that she's, I don't know where, how she's going to be fit into it, but she is coming onto the show this year. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Very, very cool.
1: Yeah, cool. So, um, that's all exciting. Glad that you uh, were able to wrap that up, and um, we'll definitely stay tuned on on uh, on what's next in the upcoming weeks for them. Since
0: we're on this topic of uh, television shows,
1: yeah, it's a good 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 um, good good segue in, right? Um, uh, we were unable to do it last week because we had a special dedication, um, so no. Um, Uh, No Mount Rushmore last week, but we have it this week, which is exciting. Um, Do you want to say what it is? It is leading sitcom shows with strong female actresses from the 90s, right? So I know that that seems um, a little niche, but uh, we started talking about this and started talking about some of the characters and some of the shows. And if we did, uh, it, you know, just saying an actress in a sitcom was way too broad, uh, especially over 60, 70 years worth of sitcoms on television. So we needed to drill it down and um, this is the best way to do it. So sitcoms uh, with
0: strong female actresses from the 90s.
1: Exactly. So we will... Um, so we're, we're talking about the shows, right? Right. talking about the shows exactly right got it got it all right so i'll let you start what do you uh i'm going right right to the
0: i love her uh julia louise dreyfus elaine Hmm. seinfeld yeah that's
1: that's i mean listen i think she's
0: in the george washington space for me from the from this group yeah
1: (laughs) i think um i think you're right um God, she's uh, and, and listen. It's a testament to her as an actress that she was able to. Um, now, I didn't watch the whatever that second really successful show she had was that Secret Life of Christine or whatever it was. But uh, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny too. Yeah, well,
0: that had um, what's his name in it too. Colson, the Colson, oh, yes. yeah, Agent yeah. Colson was
1: in that. That's right. He played
0: her ex-husband.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, that's right. So, um, but the uh, uh, Veep now is. Um, is just an incredibly funny, incredibly well written, one of the greatest companies of all time, in my opinion. Um, and she, uh, has done a phenomenal job on that. So, so yeah, Seinfeld is up there. Uh, a number one, I have to agree with you. That show makes me uncomfortable sometimes, but, um, <laughs> I think it's the point. <laughs> yeah, it is the point for sure, but, um, and I don't, I don't necessarily love those moments, but I do, uh, I do love that show. So, um, I am actually going with, uh, I mean, three uh, female characters that shaped the '90s, in my opinion. I, think uh, I know where you're going with. this. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Um, <laughs> how so relevant? And in this world where we're creating new content. Matthew LeBlanc seems to be doing well. Obviously, the show's friends that I'm speaking of—Courtney uh, Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Jennifer Aniston—they um, are the holy trinity of 90s female characters, in my opinion. Um, throw them up there; just incredible. How have they not remade this show? They're remaking The Office. They're remaking. They're remaking everything. Um, how on earth can that, can they not? Have, have done this yet, seeing that the only person that seems to be working with any kind of regularity is Joey and maybe Rachel a little bit. Um, but you would think that they would all be chomping at the bit to do this. And Courtney Cox, I guess, just had all of the plastic surgery removed. Did you see this? That she had, she, all of the stuff, all the work that she had done to her face, uh, she had removed all the prosthetics. They never, I guess when they do stuff like that, you can always revert back to your original face. So, um, I've never heard that. Yep. So okay. she, she now has, she's like, yeah, I, I, you get distant and people start telling you what they think you should do. And uh, eventually you, you turn into a, uh, a monster. So she, uh, she had it reversed and now looks like she, she's actually looks really good. And, uh, so that when she, when she did that, I thought for sure, uh, they would, um, you know, they they would be announcing that they're going to be doing the show because I wouldn't want to see the scary Cougar Town plastic version of her. I would want to see her uh, look more like Monica. But um, yeah, so uh, for and sure, Jennifer
0: Aniston is uh, just never aging. Number one, You're right? <laughs> and number two, she's hilarious.
1: Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's best. in
0: been in so many great movies since then, like just hilarious, dirty movies. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. The best. office party was uh, Christmas uh, office party uh, bad oh bosses, God, uh,
1: horrible, bosses. horrible bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, she, right. yeah, she's she's great. So that that's definitely my number one. And I, I'm pretty sure that would be in my George Washington spot for sure. OK,
0: I, I that's I don't think you can do wrong between Seinfeld and friends.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: All right. Uh, next up is going to be Frazier. We have two. Hilarious women in that show from the 90s, Jane Levy's and Perry Gilpin who played Ross Doyle and uh, Jane Levy's was Daphne Moon who was uh, Lyle's love interest. Yeah, well,
1: Nyle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nyle's Lyle's I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, for God's sake, Nile. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's a great call. Um, that was a great show, man. I mean, uh, for it being a spinoff, that show lasted a really many, long time. Uh, really good.
0: The, the amount of awards that they won on that show it is insane um, as, as a spinoff number one but they just seemed like that was an Emmy winning machine
1: I think it may have been um people always had the nostalgic love for Cheers. Uh, tons of is, Globes, uh, Globes. Tons, tons and, and tons yeah. of Emmys. And uh, listen, it was a really well-written show, great character development. Uh, they had the, the coffee shop in there. They had the radio station in there. It was, it just, it felt good. And I think a lot of people at the time that were our age now then, uh, that were running into their parents getting older and retiring, like it relates to me now, right? The thought of, uh, of me having to uh, care for my father in, uh, and work and all that, so I think it was relatable to a lot of people as well. Um, but from the female characters' perspective, um, you know, th- th- there was no damsel in distress. There was no. Um, I was
0: just about to say they're very, very, very strong, very strong, very very
1: strong women, and yep. uh, uh, great. That's a great call on your part. Ros Doyle did the. Um,
0: she was a single mom.
1: Yeah, right. She, she was
0: the, the baby, and then Daphne was. She was a live-in nurse for the dad and.
1: Yeah, sort of a housekeeper, yep, she, nurse. The, she, yeah.
0: Well, she was the nurse, but they they treated her. They, they kept making her turn into the housekeeper, right? Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> that was a running, yeah, 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 yeah. So the running gag. <laughs> yeah, really fantastic um, writing. Great, fantastic show. Um, and, and so for the last one, you know, it was tough for me because I think about Deborah Messing. Um, And the importance of that show, right? Like uh, Will and Grace. Yeah. Will and Grace for the for the um, for the gay community. I believe that it gave us our first gay kiss on network television Um, and they did it funny. Because, uh, and I don't know if you remember the episode. You said you didn't watch that, but um, the kiss—you thought that the first gay kiss was going to be the main characters, uh, whether it was the, you know, um, the guys that were on c- consistently on the show. But they actually created an episode of the show, of a show that they were watching on the show to. And that they were watching the first kiss as well as us watching the first kiss, which was incredibly talented and bright and smart. And it didn't, you, you know, they wanted to w- sit back and watch it too. And so I, I remember that being really, so that's going to be at least a, a notable, uh, uh, an honorable mention, right? Like, yeah, that could definitely make it on. A, it, I think it just depends on the day.
0: Right, they should be on there too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it it does. It really does. And now they've made their way back and that show is back on the air now Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but, but I
0: think we're going to give this today the fourth spot to somebody else, right? I
1: think we are. Yeah. So, um, and somebody who also just, um, you know, got a ridiculous amount of viewers coming back after being so influential in the nineties. Uh, it's gotta be, um, Laurie Metcalf, Roseanne Barr, um, for be I mean, Roseanne, as much as I dislike that show, I disliked it then, I dislike it now. Um, you know, man, was she America's like it just showed that uh, talent can win out, right? Like when you're that talented and you work that hard and you're that funny and you're that crazy, you can be successful. And I mean, look uh, I, from a relevant standpoint, Laurie Metcalf was just nominated for Golden Globes and uh, Academy Awards for her role in Lady Bird. Um, now you haven't seen much from Darlene or um, you know the other kids on the show, uh, but that was, I mean, Darlene, who is Sarah Gilbert. Uh, man, I mean, her character in the nineties was, I mean, she may have been the first emo, uh, you know, person or kid on television. So, um, I, uh, and, and they're just crushing it now. Um, and, and it's funny, um, I was listening to Kevin Smith talk about this show and how much his wife hates the president of the United States. And this isn't a political show and that's not what we're going to talk about. But what I'll say is people are not watching that show because Roseanne supported the president where Kevin said, uh, he thinks that people are being stupid and his wife loved Roseanne and didn't want to give it a chance for those reasons, but then came back and uh, gave it a chance and, uh, and said it's worth the watch right it's it's worth it's funny it's well written it's good so i i I would say I trust Kevin in in giving my recommendation of put the politics aside just because they, they needed the character arc that Laurie Metcalf and Roseanne disagree on something uh, and that's in the uh, in the show leave it there because it's still if you love that show before you're gonna love it again put the politics you know let's not take it too far I guess is what I'm yeah. saying
0: yeah yeah I agree I mean at the time Roseanne was such a interest it was it was all in the family. In the '90s, right? Yeah, the the great old, um, that amazing show, but it was from a different point of view. It was uh, a woman's point of view.
1: Yeah, so uh, phenomenal and absolutely belongs there. And I think, like, when we get into all time sitcoms, uh, I think that um, that may be in the discussion as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so there you have it. There you have it. We've got <laughs> Seinfeld. We've got. Frasier we've got Friends and we've got Roseanne it's a good list that's not a bad list no I think I need to go back and watch some more Roseanne actually I
0: I just rewatched I watch Seinfeld all the time because that's in such a syndicated show but I watched Frasier again recently and it's as funny as I remember I, I, I sometimes cry from those episodes being so funny Friends is in syndication all over the place but yeah I think I have to go back and watch Roseanne and just I remember it being hilarious when I watched it the first run so Hey, might go backwards.
1: Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. And, uh, my wife and I watch friends every single night to fall asleep, but some mix between, uh, friends <laughs> and how I met your mother always. So, um, right. yeah, cool. So, uh, uh, love those shows. And so, um, we wanted to wrap the show up. Normally this would be what wrapped the show up. Um, but, uh, I remember, um, being young and I loved, um, movies even as a young kid but I, I things scared me right like i i remember a scene in biloxi blues where the guy i don't do you remember that movie matthew broderick movie biloxi yeah. blues yeah um the gay scene where they he gets caught and the guy jumps out and he gets caught for you know whatever having a boyfriend in the bathroom um that scene like shocked me and gave me a pit in my stomach um not because of anything, but just be—it was—it was shocking because it was the first time I had ever seen anything like that. And um, another moment that felt like that was when Private Pyle um, blew the back of his head off in the barracks in um, in Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. Um, uh, the embodiment of that movie and what made it so believable, um, and what made that scene so believable that it actually felt like. Um, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio was blowing the back of his head off was uh, the portrayal of uh, the gunnery sergeant of the drill instructor played by uh, R. Lee Ermey, who we uh, we lost yesterday, uh, 74 years old. And uh, man, uh, uh, just that performance may be one of the greatest of all time uh, for me. And uh, I was really, really sad to see that yesterday. Um, any, any tie-in, any, any emotions around uh, around that character in particular, or any of his characters?
0: Uh, not so much that character, but as a, uh, from a bigger perspective, the the actor himself, um, uh, Lee Army, was just uh, whatever you saw him on screen. He demanded just his presence, demanded respect. He really did. And And, (laughs) and fear. There was always a sense of fear and dread in whatever he was on. And I think that had to do with his background. I mean, he was a Marine. um, And it's quiet. He wasn't quiet. But his intensity just came through in his performance. And the way he spoke and that authority that he just... He was was a great actor on screen for those roles that you needed. Um, I mean, you can look at anything that he played in from... The grateful metal jacket over to his take of the sheriff in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes. Whenever he was on screen, there was this uh, you, you trusted him, but at the same time, you feared him.
1: Uh, totally agree. And Listen. If you want to talk about um, chops, and I I know I posted um, the opening scene last night on our Twitter page, but um, go back and watch some of those. And just watch the entire that first half of that movie, uh, which is all the early training. You know, the early boot camp stuff. Um, it's just incredible. And and just go back and watch it and watch his intensity. It's insane. But you want to talk about chops. Um, you know, he played uh, a gay coach in Saving Silverman, which is a cult classic that I absolutely love. He was in all of the Toy Story movies as the uh, army guy. Toy uh, Story, the Sarge, vo- yeah. Voice of the, the army guy. Mississippi, Sarge. Mi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. uh, Mississippi Burning, Willard, Prefontaine, Leaving Las Vegas, Man of the House, Fletch Libs, uh, X-Men The Last Stand. <laughs> Right. I and mean, just on and on and on and on. Um, and this is a guy who loved he did B movies, uh, tons of B movies. Um, and it, it's just a guy that loved to go out and act and um, just really exciting uh, career. Um, and, and he will sorely be missed. Um, I, I was really shocked to see that.
0: So rest in peace. And. uh yeah, that's all we
1: got for this week. Yeah, man, great show. Um I uh I hope that we'll uh will crank out two in a row, maybe we'll get another show up here in the next 24 to 48 hours. So, um great, thank you. Thank you all for listening and uh all right, boys. Let's close it down.
0: All
1: right, boys. Let's close it down. Love man. You see that I'm tired. Look at you, man. You all your wired. Lay against me like a goddamn bull. So close to coach, my skin starts to grow.
0: Sweat for a in my eye. You have been listening to Nerdpod with Coach and K-Rock from Podicy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming Nerd Pods and Podicy programs on Instagram, where you can find them at Podicy. That's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y. On Twitter. Which is at NerdPodacy, which is N E R D, P O Double D E S Y, and Facebook. They're at Nerdpod.